If I'm on, yay. Don't roll off. Cool. Find a sermon. It's really interesting because the last couple of weeks I've been talking about uh, dealing with uh, conflict, you know, amongst ourselves as a family. And um, God keeps showing me just, just some different stuff along the way uh, in relation to dealing with issues and stuff amongst ourselves. And he pointed something out this week because as I was sitting and pondering a lot of that stuff with Papa, there's just some stuff that he, it just even, even during worship, there's just some things that he reminds me of, you know, as I go. And so today, what I want to share today, it could well be it's just for me, you know, to be totally honest. Uh, like, I, probably, um, I, it just sits well with what I, I personally have experienced this week as I thought about different things, you know. Because it dawned on me that one of the traits that we need with what I've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks, for us to be able to be peacemakers as Jesus has asked us to be, there's an area that you and I, I, I guess, need to focus on. And, and for some of you, this is going to come out of left field. It's going to be a revelation. But to be a peacemaker, um, you, you need peace. <laughs> like, you need peace. You know, we need to have peace to show peace. And this week, as I've thought about that, I've had anything but a peaceful week. Like, I'm not talking about yelling and screaming. I'm not talking about any, any, any of that. I just have not been able to rest and have peace in my soul for any extended period of time. You know, it's like God keeps highlighting stuff. It's almost as if the enemy was out to rob me of peace before I even spoke of peace, to be honest. Yeah. yeah I, um, for those that, that, that are unaware, I'll share it, not for boasting purposes, but for prayerful purposes. So I've jumped back into study to continue my master's in leadership by doing a, a post-grad certificate in professional mentoring or something or other. I don't know what it is. I get confused. But I think... Today or tomorrow is the official start of week four. I have gotten halfway through week two. I know, right? And, and I'm looking at the reading, just the reading this week, you know, and I think, oh, well, if, if you're doing the, the, the bachelor, you've got a book to read. But if you're doing the, the postgrad, the masters, they give you a second book to read. And, and the second book, I would rather go to the dentist and have a wisdom tooth pulled out. Like, it is the worst book in the world. Like, it's just, it, here I am at the beginning of week four, three weeks in, and I've just finished chapter one. Whereas the first book that the, the BAs are reading, the first chapter took me like an hour. It was, what a beautiful book. I'm flying through it. Like, this is recommend, I would recommend to the church, read this book. No one ever should read this book, you know? <laughs> and... And, and part of it, because it's online, there are videos that I've got to watch and things you've got to do, and I, there's some extra reading. And normally I just print them out, you know, print out, print out the PDF and grab those two pages, four pages, seven pages, ten if it's huge. This week, the, the second week was only two, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Easy, I'll catch up. But then the second PDF started to print. Fifty double-sided pages. Fifty. I have been so tormented by that, I can't pick it up. 
Now, I know you're laughing, but I've had anything but peace. As soon as I think about it, I can think of this thing on my desk, right? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going insane just thinking about it. So I'm asking for your prayers. I know I'm joking about it because I'm struggling to find peace where I really need to have peace, if that makes any sense. Then, then in amongst all of that, here I am preparing my sermon on peace. And we've had a phenomenal morning, you know, with the, the kids and the dance and all that sort of stuff. And, and Melanie says to me, you know, hun, there are so many mums we can't fit them all around the room in little stars. We need somewhere for them to sit. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get some coffee tables and chairs. All right, see what you can find. Have a look at the prices. You know, we're on a budget here, you know. So she sends me a picture and I'm like, okay, well, who's going to put them together? And I, th- I reckon she could hear it, hear it in my voice, right? She goes, don't worry, hun. I will organise someone to put those tables together. <laughs> now, there's, there's not much to them, right? So she rolls up with these chairs and three boxes, flat pack furniture, right? Who's ever bought stuff from Ikea before, right? I, I'd be joking, but I, I think they put the railings up on the west gate because of Ikea furniture. <laughs> but seriously, because when, uh, when, when you pull something out of a box... A flat pack piece of furniture, furniture should, be, should come in one piece. Anyway, I'm in my office working on my sermon on peace and I could hear Mel, uh, you know, ripping stuff and she's going to put it all together herself. So I go out there and my heart goes, oh, I've got to help her. I have to help her, you know. I just have to help her. But I, then the demon of flat pack furniture got me. Then one bolt wouldn't fit. They gave me the wrong bolt. The wrong, like, the wrong bolt. And of all of the bolts, there's just one in one box that's wrong. And I'm trying to fit it where it doesn't want to fit. Anyone ever had a flatback, you know, furniture experience where three or four hours later, you're like, what a beautiful piece of furniture. But in that four hours, if someone walked across your path, you probably would have killed them and buried them in your backyard. Anyone ever had those experiences? <laughs> so I, I've had that and then, then my son he's, he's having a sleepover Nathan so Samuel has a sleepover out Nathan has a sleepover at our place he has his friend and there I am in our you know, kitchen area and I just, I'm trying to get in the zone I want to do a message on peace and then I start hearing this like constantly you go Oh, I nearly got it. Try to get it on the lid. Nathan, that's enough. Flynn, don't encourage him. It's just, okay, it kept going. It just didn't stop. And like I'm having a nervous breakdown at my kitchen table when I'm trying to do a message on peace. And Mel looks at me and she goes, I don't think you're coping. You think? You think? I'm trying to do a message on peace. She goes, well, why don't you do something else? I go, like what? She goes, why don't you watch a movie? Because I want to finish my message on peace. Right? She goes, go to the office. I go, no, I'll probably make a coffee. Like, I, don't want, I just want to do it. Why can't they be quiet? So Mel goes, hey, boys, why don't you do something else? So they go into Nathan's bedroom. Close the door. Nathan, on the back of his door, has a little... Uh, mini basketball ring 
So no kidding, for the next 20 minutes, all I hear is... And I'm just looking at my wife. She goes, maybe you should just go out. I just want to do my message on peace. That's all, right? Like, I just can't believe it. So here I am. I'm talking to all of you about peace. Listen, I don't have it together, right? I'm not experiencing the stuff that I'm telling you that you should, all right? But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Because oh, all in all, as Father starts to speak to me about peace and my lack of it, that's what I want to share with you. Because I realized this and I discovered this. All of us need peace. Like just all of us in every situation need peace. Just as well that wasn't a Coke. That would have been really funny, wouldn't it? Anyway. But what, what gives us peace really? You know, is, is peace just an absence of trouble? Is it just the absence of a problem? Is, is peace an atmosphere of quietness and serenity? You know, what is peace? The, the world defines it this way. The, the world would suggest that it's got to do with our surroundings. So, you know, if you go to the Begonia Festival and the Botanic Gardens in Ballarat or in Melbourne or any of those things, it's tranquil, it's peaceful, yeah? That's what the world would suggest, that peace is. It's found in your, your surroundings. But I, after this week, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I just don't think that's right. See, Rob Bell has got this awesome quote, and it says, The peace we're offered is not a peace that's free from tragedy, illness, bankruptcy, divorce, depression, or heartache. It's a peace rooted in the trust that the life Jesus gives us is deeper, wider, stronger, and more enduring than whatever our current circumstances are, because all we see is not all there is, and the last word about us and our struggle has not yet been spoken. How good is that? Like, seriously, that is so good. So, Father, I just ask you to bless this word in Jesus' name. Who's watched The Shack? You watch, watch The Shack? A, a great movie. It really is a, a brilliant movie. I love the way that they depict God as male and female because the reality is he is not gender. He is male and female, and in his image he's created us. So, there's attributes of God that are female and attributes of God that are a male, but that's for another day if you ever want to have a conversation with me about that. But there's a part in the movie where the main character, Mac, goes into a cave and there's a woman on a, a, a rock throne and he said, who are you? And she's, I'm the God of wisdom. And they're having this dialogue, this, this conversation. And it gets to the crux where she looks at him and she says, you know, Mac, what is it that you want? Do you want the promise of a pain-free life? Yeah? And, and he goes, and she goes, there isn't one. There just isn't one. And it's in that that we need to acknowledge and find our peace in him. Amen? Because life, a lot of you can testify more so than I can, that life can just be nasty sometimes. And outside of us is often lacking peace. Just look at the world. Just look what's happening in the world. It's often very unpeaceful, yeah? Exceptionally so. Yet the Bible would suggest that there are not three types of peace, but almost three equal dimensions of peace. Because 
we, we need to have peace, but to have peace, we need to know peace, and that's God. So as we get to know God and His peace, we then have peace on the inside, and when we get peace on the inside, we then can allow it to flow out and have peace on the outside. Yeah, it's almost like peace works in, in three different areas. So peace for me doesn't happen without God first. Yeah, is that a fair call? I hope so. So where does it, and how does it all start? Well, here's my thought. Jesus came to deal first with peace on the inside because he knew, he just knew, if he could bring peace on the inside, it'd automatically bring peace on the outside. Yeah? And so that leaves us as Christians, well, how do we get that peace? How do we get it? You know, we're supposed to have it. How do we get it? How do we live in that, in that place? How do we live in that peace? And I guess there's a few things that we need to know, but one of the main things we need to know is this, is that not only is God peace, God loves peace. Like God, Father God, even though we read the Old Testament and we read about all the wars and the killings, when we get to the New Testament, the new dispensation, where, where God slips it into fifth gear and says, now we're, we're t- going to bring it home. Yeah, that hasn't worked. I've tried it that way because that's what you wanted, and now I'm going to do it my way. Yeah? Everything about him, when you read from the beginning through all of the wars, all the way through the Old Testament, the death on the cross, and everything that Jesus had brought, and then the Holy Spirit, is all about bringing peace to our lives, always. And once there's peace in our lives, he then, because we're his hands and feet extended, we're his children, we then can bring peace to others. Yeah, It's part of his character. It's who he is. So he's the God of peace. Romans 15.33, because I need to use some scriptures so that it can be you know, valid. The God of peace be with you all. Yeah, I, I love it. The God of peace be with you all. 2 Corinthians 13.11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace yeah, will be with you. So when, you, when we say that we're experiencing God's love, I just want to put it out there, you can't experience his, his love and not experience his peace. You can't, they actually go hand in hand. It's in his character. It's who he is. Yeah? So when we're not experiencing his peace, it's not about questioning our relationship with him. It's about questioning where we're positioned and are we experiencing his love? And if not, why not? So that with him, we can deal with that, yeah? Understand? Uh, Philippians 4.9, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace, again, he's the God of peace, will be with you. Judges 6.24, so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. And to this day it stands, and I won't try to pronounce those words, he is peace, full stop. God is peace. So for you and I, we need to know that we know that we know that we know that God is is peace. You can't pay your bills. God is peace. One of your children have got off the, gone off the rails. God is peace. My relationship has just broken down. God is peace. I've just lost my job. God is peace. We, in every circumstance, we need to almost tell ourselves over and over and over. You've got to get it. Because if we don't get that he's peace, we won't experience that peace. So we won't live in that peace. And all we'll do is live in our misery. Yeah? Who, anyone want to live in misery? 
Put up your hand, you want to live in misery? Awesome. Then we need to know that God is peace, right? <laughs> so God's peace. Then, if, if that's not already enough because he's a good, good God, then he wants to bless us with peace. He wants to bless all of us that consider ourselves believers with peace. It says in Leviticus 26.6, I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. He's talking to his children, yeah? He's talking to us. I will grant peace in the land. I will grant peace in your life, yeah, is what he's saying. Psalm 29.11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. I find it interesting that he gives us strength and peace because sometimes it You've got to be like super extraordinarily, supernaturally strong to experience this peace. So it takes a strength from the inside, yeah? And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So again, if you're deciding not to live in peace and you're in misery, then you won't be full of joy and you won't experience his strength and you won't get to his peace. There's a cycle here, yeah? So here we are, we've got all of this stuff that's telling us that he is peace, that he wants to give us peace, yet we live a life that sometimes is just not peaceful. It's just not peaceful. Just go drive in Melbourne, you can tell life's not peaceful. Seriously, go to Point Cook, where they've got hundreds and thousands, thousands of houses being built continually, and they've got this one-lane road to get out of Point Cook onto the, onto the freeway. Like, there is no peace there at all, ever. It's like coming home from Bunningong and there's three cars in front of you and one of them is doing 55 in a 60 zone. There is no peace when that happens. Ballarat drivers. Relationships break down, don't they? They just do, you know. Someone we love and care for dies unexpectedly. We lose our jobs. People have lost their homes. You know, you rush one of your children to emergency. You know, there's just so much happening that you're totally overwhelmed. And whether you notice it or not at the time, peace, peace has left the building. Yeah? Peace is not there. Peace has disappeared. We're not sitting tranquilly, you know. <laughs> We're meant to be at peace, yet there's only one way I can describe the moments when peace isn't there. It's, ah! It's going to be so good on the recording. <laughs> That's all I'll hear. Like, I've just been having those, one of those weeks, just for small things because my peace is gone. It's just like, ah, oh! you know? You get in your car, you're halfway somewhere. Ah, oh, I left my bag, you know? I had a meeting, had a committee meeting at the Ballarat Multicultural Council. Um, because uh, as a church, I, I sit on that committee so that we have a voice, by the way, just so that you know that, just to throw that out there. Had a, had a committee meeting, left, went to my next meeting, next meeting later that day I get a call. Andrew, you left your bag here. It's got your wallet and your passport in it. Ah! Because I couldn't get it until after the weekend. So, you know, hello, no wallet for the weekend. Mel, can I borrow your card? Mel, can I borrow your card? Mel, can I borrow your card? You spend a lot of money. That's why I want my cards. Mel, can I borrow your card? You know, like, stuff just robs us of peace. You know, I was having one of those last night. I'm going over this sermon. 
I've just got to share with family, you know, I'm just sharing with family. Because it's, sometimes it's in the little things. We think it's always in the big things. It's not always in the big things. And, and I, I'm just going over my sermon and an email comes through, yeah? And I'll, I think I'll read that. It's from Hands at Work. Hands at Work, a mission organisation that um, a couple of us, but particularly Robin and Mick, uh, uh, heading off and, and, and leading a team from Mount Clear on a short-term mission trip. So there'll be more information about that. If you want more information, please see Robin and Mick. It'll be a life-changing trip. It really will. Um, and there are people within our church that support Hands at Work and they support some of the orphans and things like that. Anyway, I get this email that comes through and I thought, oh, what are they sending me now, you know? Is it more stuff about the trip? Like, really? I'm already supposed to be at a meeting once a month that I can't go to, that I've apologised for, that I'm going to try to go once every two months. Oh, my goodness, and peace is already... It's, it's like a bird and it's already taken off, right? <laughs> While I'm sitting there going over my sermon on peace because I like to go over it the night before. So I, I start going through these attachments. There's about eight attachments. I get to one, I go, what's that? So I open it up. It comes up. There he is, the founder of Hands at Work, George Snyman. It's an invitation, yeah, a flyer that's been made for our church for when he's speaking here on April the 22nd, which was our AGM. <laughs> and then that I'd organised late last year that I'd completely forgotten about that we were going to have a church lunch for just so that people could ask him questions. So I'm sitting there. It must have been, I don't know, 10.30. I don't know what time I said messages to the board members last night because I sent them a message that said, Ah! I just completely forgot. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I? Because it's the AGM. We got the voting, and then we got the vote, and then we got to have questions, and then we got that, and we organised that already. And then oh, I can't. The fifteenth, now I got Gary Morgan on the fifteenth. Oh, okay. So maybe oh, I've got that guy from Click Energy. Click, get this. I got a guy from Click Energy coming to speak. How as as a church, if we're interested, yeah. How if you go with them, you can raise money for the church. I've got in to come and do a little 10-minute spot. But I can't do that now. It's the AGM, but I can't do it now. It's not the AGM anymore because now it's the... Now, George is supposed to be with us. He's coming from Africa. I can't cancel him. But what about my message of peace? And I'm like, I'm having this moment, yeah? And I'm telling you that I'm there and I've got tears running down my face, yeah? Tears bawling my eyes out because I'm like, man, God, this is just not peaceful, how could I have forgotten that, you know? Like the message I sent to the board, I'm just like, I'm just so sorry. I, I apologise. I just simply forgot. I, I just forgot. And they're like, no, it actually probably works better. Yeah, that's good. Everyone, I think everyone's come back to me bar one that said, yep, 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 yep. yep it's all good. Just change it. Don't worry about it. You know, because it's not going to make a difference. But in the moment, yeah, in the moment, there was just no peace, yeah? And yet there I am with with scriptures telling me that he's the God of peace and he wants to give me peace. And I'm sitting there in the quiet of my home while everyone's asleep. I didn't even have the energy. It's not so you feel sorry for me because this is how it works. It's how it works for all of us because I'm suggesting that all of us have these moments, yeah, often in private. I couldn't even make a coffee. Right? That's how serious it was, right? Lucky, lucky they've got those railings on the Westgate Bridge. <laughs> she feels sorry for me. I don't know if it's because I was having a moment or because of the coffee. 
Oh, man. You know? And then I woke up this morning thinking, well, you know, I'm going to talk on peace today. And some of the messages started to come through from the board and I got here early with Jan and we're crossing out the 22nd and riding the 29th. And I really like stuff to look good and that's not looking good. So that's killing me too. So peace is gone again. Well, I've got this scribble so that everybody here knows it's the 29th and not the 22nd. But that's okay because we'll fix it. We'll have proper flyers next week that'll be printed nice, you know, (laughs) like... The reality is that Jesus sacrificed his life on that, yeah, so that you and I could experience peace with God all the time and with one another. Because Colossians 1 verse 19 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, yeah, shed on the cross. So he has created peace for us with God through his blood. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And we need to be, I need to be living in that reality because I'm convinced that the only way to give peace is to have peace. It's not... I was having a conversation with someone this week. There's no good going out and sharing the gospel if they can't see the gospel being lived. In other words, if they can't see the love in your life, you can talk about the love of God, but until they see it in you and through you and experience that, then they won't hear what you're saying. There's no difference with peace. The only way to have peace for you and I is to focus at all costs on Jesus because he's the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So when I was having my moment last night, what I should have done that God reminded me of this morning is I should have just stopped and focused on him and just just spent a couple of words, maybe put a worship song on, three, four, five minutes, just to focus back on him because it's in him that we have our peace. It's in him that everything that, that's shaken and stirred comes back into focus. You know, sometimes our lives are so out of control because we're so busy, so out of control because of stuff that's happening. You know, we're overwhelmed, it's traumatic, we're busy, that we just can't seem to find and rest in peace. And at times it can just, it can look like an explosion. See, last night for me looked like a failure. Like, I can't believe I did this. Oh, my goodness. In reality, like thinking about it this morning, I'd organised George to come through hands at work. Seriously, in the last year, I think it was. I don't even think it was this year. I think it was in the last year. And they gave me two dates. And the 15th and the 22nd of April. And I just chose the 22nd. I thought the 22nd would be better. And then we've been trying for three years to get Gary and Sarah Morgan to come back and speak here at the church. So they sent us an email about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, saying, hey, we've got, we can come out to you guys. The date that we've got is April the 15th. God, God has had it in control all along, yeah? I just forgot. You know, if I just realised he's had it in control all along... I had to pick the 22nd because if I picked the 15th, it wouldn't have worked with Gary. And then 
stuff. By the time Gary got, it just wouldn't, nothing would have worked and we would have missed one or both of them, yeah? And the AGM was really simple to me. God had it in control all along. <laughs> I love it. But when things are just looking like a failure, an explosion, peace can elude us. You know, I often wonder what the disciples were thinking when Jesus said in John 14, 25, all this I've spoken while, while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, we've probably read that thousands of times, I imagine. And he says he's going to give us peace. And then he says that the peace that he's going to give us is different from the world. You know, there's something there for us to learn. Because I'll go back to the comment earlier. We all need peace. So why do we need to focus on Jesus, on God, when peace seems to have left us? It's because it's only in Jesus that we can find true peace. It's only in him. Hear me, it's only in him that you will find true peace, a depth of peace, a continual everlasting peace, yeah? A 50-inch television that I wasn't able to get over the line last week for those that were here uh, would have brought me peace for five minutes. But, you know, Jesus brings you peace eternally. Because when Jesus says that peace I leave with you, what he's saying, he means, he goes, he's saying I'm the source of peace. He's saying I am peace, yeah? I have peace. I am peace. I'm the source. It never runs out, never runs dry. And I'm going to leave me, myself, who I am, I'm leaving it with you. It's there for you, full stop. It's like a bottomless pit of peace. It's awesome. And when he says, my peace I give you, what he's saying is, I'm, the, I'm not only am I the giver of peace, but I'm going to give it to you freely. And I'm giving you peace because I am peace and I'm giving you my life. Yeah. And so we focus on him because he's the source, he's the giver. So go with me here. We all know this. When Jesus says, I don't give it to you as the world gives, he means that it's only in him that we can tr find true peace. Something the world doesn't have because the way that we feel at times, those, ah, those times, everyone without Jesus lives in those moments as well difference between those that don't know Jesus yet and us is we have the answer the peace to remove the the freak out I'm having a meltdown moment yeah the moment will always be there the moment doesn't go away depending on your life and where you live and what you do moments might come even quicker <laughs> and more consistently than than for others but the peace in them that's that's the difference see Peace, it, it has nothing to do with us. It's got nothing to do with our surroundings or, or what's happening in our world. His peace is different from the world, amen, and something that we can't find in the world. That's why Paul says in Philippians when he goes, then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand and His peace will guard your heart. His peace will guard your heart. I love the NIV because the NIV says that, that the peace that He gives transcends it's it almost gives you that that picture you know of of a caterpillar morphing into a butterfly it's transcended it's become more beautiful 
you know, and the peace that he gives transcends. It surpasses understanding. We can't get our head around it. How can we possibly have peace when our life is falling apart? We can't, as far as those that don't know Jesus yet. But for those of us that know Jesus, here's the peace that you and I need to know. So if we're worried over things, anxious and disturbed, we need peace in our heart. So we turn to Jesus. Like we really turn to Jesus. And you know what the hardest part is? When you're having those moments like I was, to turn to Jesus takes a moment. Like to speak to him takes five seconds. Really, 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds. You know, if you're actually a good communicator. Five minutes if you put on a song. It actually doesn't take much. But when we're in that place of no peace, it, it, it was, this is a really poor analogy, but the thought of going up to my coffee machine, which is automatic, I turn it on, I press a button, it grinds the beans, pours the coffee. That time of night, I would only have had a black one. Don't need to do milk. Simple. The thought of that was overwhelming. And even though it's so simple to stop and to focus when we're in that space, it's the furthest thing from our minds and the most difficult thing to do. And that's why he says in Psalms that he gives us strength for his people, yeah? Because sometimes we just need that inner fortitude, that strength. Say, oh Lord, I just need you right now. I just need you right now because oh, I can't sleep, I can't think, I can't this. I just need you. And you know what? He doesn't need to give you an answer. He just needs to be there. Peace is in his presence. Yeah? You know, I wrote here a question. And, you know, thanks, Pastor. Thanks for telling us what we already know. <laughs> or a comment. Well, if that's what we already know, if we're to be totally honest, transparent, and vulnerable, why do so many of us have those ah, moments if peace is supposed to exist? It's not about saying this is what we don't have. It's about knowing what we do have, what he has given us so that we can grab hold of it, yeah? Because every moment of every day is our opportunity to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus with ever-increasing glory, yeah? So I don't have peace today. Our attitude should be, you know what? Awesome. I, that so freaked me out. I don't want to get there again, God. Let's, we're going to work this out together. I'm going to be more peaceful. I'm going to sit and rest with you. So the next time something comes, this peace that transcends, this peace that surpasses understanding, I'm going to live in that. I'm going to step into that. You know? And when people see me or see you, and they go, how can you, be, how can you have peace over that? Like, how? You just shouldn't have. Like, you should be freaking out. Yeah, it's... It's, it's just inside. There's just a calm inside. I don't like what's happening. You don't have to like the situation you're in, but it could be worse. Yeah? You don't have to like the situation you're in, but I have a peace inside with my God. It'll be okay, however it pans out. It'll be okay. Man, I don't know how you do that. It's Jesus. Come on, don't give me that God stuff. I'm telling you, it's Jesus. Stop preaching to, you know what, let's go get a coffee and we'll talk. 
because they see it first before they hear it, before they experience it in us. I reckon there's so many of us that have felt like sometimes life has just gotten the better of us. Think about the disciples, the question I asked earlier. I said, I wonder how the disciples thought about it. Because from the moment that Jesus said, I'm going to leave you his peace, I think he knew the disciples were going to need it, you know. And, and, and I, I, I want to, I, I'm looking at the time, so I'm going to wind it up. But they were about to face the greatest shock of their lives. They'd been walking with Jesus, the Messiah. He was the Messiah. They'd claimed him to be the Messiah. We know he's the Messiah. They left everything to follow him, yeah? And he's about to be taken from them forcefully. Just imagine how that would freak you out, you know? Our Jesus is never taken from us forcefully. They're, for the first time in, in three years, they're about to be left alone without a teacher, without a guide without someone that they have depended on for the last three years of their life. Mate, they needed the peace of God. They needed to know that God is still God, even amongst the turmoil. He's still there, you know. They were defeated. Judas managed to betray Jesus. Judas won, yeah. Think about it. This is what they're watching play out in front of them, what they'd given their lives to. The soldiers arrested Jesus without a fight. The people succeeded in killing Jesus. They took him off the cross. They buried him in a tomb. They pulled a rock over the front. He was dead. Finished. Thanks. Game over. They needed to understand, and we need to understand today, that no matter what, God is still God. Papa still loves us, values us, and champions us. So we can't find peace because we aren't in control. We can't control circumstances. We can't control the future. Peace is never going to be a product of our circumstances. It's a product of God. It's a free gift, yeah? It's something we've been given. It's not something we get through our hard work because things are going well. That's not how it works. Why don't we stand? You know... His peace becomes our peace, becomes each other's peace. That's how it works. And that's the only time we can live out Romans. You know, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know, peace is the Lord's promise to us. It's a gift. We don't have to earn it. And when we're out of peace, we just need to tell Jesus. We just need to receive his peace. It worked for the disciples. <laughs> in Acts, in the book of Acts, they faced greater persecution yet showed little worry. They preached the gospel with more courage than ever before. They even sang songs filled with joy when they were in prison. They had peace, yeah? See, his, pre his peace isn't the absence of troubles. His peace is in the presence of God. And the minute we stop and focus and start talking to him, we are in the presence of God. And that's where we live, discover, and grow in peace. Amen? You know, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. You know, I felt, in my spirit, I felt rebuked. I felt like, not a bad rebuke, not like I was told off, but I felt rebuked. Not because I had done something wrong, not because God was rude but because I knew he was right and I wasn't living in that peace. I wasn't claiming what was mine, yeah? I had allowed the enemy through circumstance to rob me. 
as simple as that, just to rob me. But no more. So we're going to end, but I want to pray. And I'm going to ask everyone in the house just for a moment, just to close your eyes if you would. See, maybe there's someone here, maybe somebody here's felt like me before. Maybe you've had those moments. And maybe some of them have stretched out longer than you care to declare. But this peace is a gift to us. It's who he is. He wants us to have it. So you and I are his peace conduits. We're called to walk in peace. We can shift the actual atmosphere and environment that we walk into. That's where you and I can live. We can live where Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That word rule in Greek actually means umpire, to make decisions, to decide. The peace of God will decide will rule in your heart, will be the umpire in every circumstance. That's where we can live. That's our inheritance. We just have to choose it. So wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing right now, if you know, if you know, because I just want to pray with people, but if you know, without looking who's beside, beside you or behind you, in front of you, don't, don't worry about any other noise. But if you know that's the peace that you want to live in, not sometimes, but all the time, all the times that come your way. If you know you need that peace to take hold of that peace again, if you know that your life has been missing that peace that comes from him, I want to pray with you. And all I want you to do now, so that I know who I'm praying with, without anyone looking around, if that's you, can you just raise your hands? If, if you want that peace in your life, I just want you to raise your hands and say, that's me, Andrew. That's me. Pray with me. Pray for me. That's the peace that I want. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. There's a whole bunch of us. Amen. So let's just pray for that together. Father, in this place right now, God, you are the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. You are peace personified. And God, and after you sent your son Jesus on the cross, he tells us that he's going away, but he's going to leave us his peace and give us his peace because he, he, he actually gives himself to us. Father, I pray that in our spirits we would be men and women of strength, that when life's just struggles and stuff comes our way, we can just we can straighten up. We can focus on you. We can spend time speaking to you. And Lord, Lord, help us to learn again that peace doesn't come in the environment around us. It doesn't come when our circumstances are good, Father. It doesn't come because we're walking through the gardens, Lord, and, and life seems that way, Lord. Peace comes because we're in your presence. Peace is found in you and through you. So Lord God, right now, every person that desires peace, I pray an unction of your spirit upon them. Father, I pray a wisdom that when circumstances come their way, Lord, that they will know as I will know to turn to you, that we may position ourselves, Lord, just to experience and be washed by your love and your peace. Lord, that as we encounter people in our families, in our extended church family, in our community, Father, that they would notice, that they would see, that they would experience, that they would hear the peace that's within us, because we have rested and found ourselves in you. 
Father, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your grace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And just quickly, while every eye's closed, just while every eye's closed, I don't know where everyone's at in their walk, but I I just feel a need this morning because we're talking about peace. This is the life that God wants us to live, that he's desired for us, that he's given for us. So again, just respecting those that are around you. I don't know if there's anyone here but I want to give people the opportunity, one, to either recommit their lives to Christ or if, you'd, if you've never really asked Jesus to come into your heart, and by that I mean you've asked him to come into your life so that you can walk and talk with him and build your relationship with him one step at a time. If that's you, if you need or want that relationship with Jesus, then again, I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up so I can see you, so I can pray with you if there's anyone in the house. So if that's you, just raise your hand. And so that's the God that I want to walk with. That's the God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the God that I want to know. If you've raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. But church family, can I ask you to repeat after me as well? Yeah, because they're our brothers, they're our sisters, and they're never alone. Everyone that's in this room now and that's part of our family can walk with you and talk with you and lead you deeper and deeper and deeper into the love of God. Amen. So repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus for your love for me thank you for dying on the cross and making my relationship with your father possible today i say i love you come into my heart let us start to walk together build relationship together and fall in love together i thank you for this opportunity Thank you for this chance. Thank you that as of today, you are my God. And everybody said, can we put our hands together? Amen. Have a wonderful day. Live in peace. Don't let peace run out the door because we're late for lunches yet. Remember the AGMs now on the 29th, Gary Morgan on the 15th, George Snyman on the 22nd, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.